Marty, put that thing back in its holster. We haven't gone anywhere. I don't understand. Check out the MichaelDukesShow.com for information on how to get access to the podcast. The Michael Duke Show. I have two guns, one for each of you. Firearms Friday. As Thomas Jefferson stated, it is the right and duty of the people to be at all times armed. To be at all times armed. Say hello to my little friend! I say that the Second Amendment is, in order of importance, the First Amendment. The right to keep and bear arms is the one right that allows rights to exist at all. The right to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. Not be infringed. Firearms. From my cold, dead hands. Friday. Where's my rifle? Where's my gun? This is for Biden. This is for Firearms Friday. Firearms uh, <clears throat> Friday. Hello. Good morning. Welcome to the program. It is that one day a week that we get to dedicate to the <clears throat> Second Amendment discussions of firearms and gun rights and uh, and everything else. It is uh, Firearms Friday here on the Michael Duke Show. And um, it's the one day a week. I mean, I really look forward to this. Now, I know not every this is not everybody's cup of tea. I know that many of you would much rather talk about, uh, I don't know, local politics or school board races or something else. And, uh, you know, while I respect that, um, I believe personally that the only thing that has allowed America to remain as free as it is right now, uh, to remain as, you know, still that shining light on the hill, the, to, to be the place that people are still dying to get into. I mean, literally, people are risking life and limb and health to try and sneak into this country. Um, the only reason um, <clears throat> that, uh, that that is, in my opinion, is because we, as a people, have embraced the ideal of uh, being able to protect yourselves and, and armed citizenry and all the other important stuff that that's going on around there that's just that's what i believe i mean america uh you know plenty plenty of problems in america plenty of issues that we could uh, uh that we could complain about and cry about things that we can you know bitch and moan about but the bottom line is is that uh we are still pretty much the freest nation on the face of the earth overall you know, when you look, I know there's different freedom indexes out there that say America is not as free as, you know, I don't know, some small island in the middle of somewhere, which is, I guess, very possible overall. But when it comes down to it, as far as enumerated rights and inalienable rights, um, America is still that shining city on the hill. And I think a big part of that has to do with the citizens' ability to keep and bear arms, which our founding fathers were smart enough to point out was, uh, again, an inalienable right, not granted by government, uh, but protected from government. That was their whole point there, was protecting it from government intervention. That's why... 
Um, I mean, that's why they put it in the Bill of Rights to show the government specifically that these are the rights that are important uh, to people and free people everywhere. These are the rights that are inherent to them. And uh, this, these are the strictures that we're placing on government to prevent them from interfering. Now, <clears throat> that, um, um, I, you know, that being said, that doesn't mean that there aren't politicians and power brokers and, and uh, elites that have not tried for years to <clears throat> disassemble, disenfranchise, um, and to prevent people from being able to exercise those rights. But uh, it means that we are continuing to fight, and we're still doing a, we're still doing an okay job at it. Um, that's that's really what it's all about, and that's what Firearms Friday is to do. I mean, I like to think of it as like we do a little history, we talk a little bit about uh, you know your your rights and your responsibilities because there is a huge amount of responsibility um, when it comes to. Uh, having firearms and bearing arms and going forth armed and doing all those other kind of things. There's a huge amount of responsibility along with the right that you have. And so today we're going to talk a little bit about all these things. And of course, we've got, you know, there's some sad news as well. Uh, a madman um, in Maine decided to uh, uh, decided to spread his madness and go out and uh, attack a bunch of people and um, you know, 18 people were killed um, in that uh, shooting spree that happened on, uh, I guess, uh, Wednesday night, Thursday morning. Wednesday night, I guess. And, um, you know, but there's still there's always things that we can learn from each even a tragedy like this. We can learn what the mistakes were and we can figure out if there's a way that we can overcome that. And that's just I mean, that's how my brain works. My brain works in a problem solving kind of way. If I see something that happens and I'm like, I don't want that to happen here, then I look at the ways that I can I could if I was there, how could I have prevented that? How could they have prevented it? What were the steps that could be made? What can I do to implement those same kind of steps in my life? And then for me, that gives me clarity and it gives me peace because I've prepared for, in my mind anyway, I've prepared for the eventuality of that and 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 moved on. So we're going to have some discussions about that incident today. Um, he is still at large as of... Uh, well, as of an hour and a half ago, when I first uh, got on, uh, he was still at large. Um, yep, he's still going on day two. Uh, they've got uh, an alert all the way to the uh, Canadian border, and uh, they're looking for him. They scrounged his uh, they scrounged his home and his family's home and uh, and and rural properties and everything else. So it's uh, <clears throat> it's. Uh, it's a tough situation, um, but there are some interesting things that have come out already that are making me ask some questions about what's going on with this. And so we're gonna <clears throat> we're gonna we're gonna describe we're gonna discuss this and we're gonna talk about it, and hopefully uh, with some clarity and and without. <clears throat> I know it's a very emotional issue, but I think we need to dissect it a piece at a time. And take a look at it, you know, one piece at a time and look at each individual piece and then discuss what could have happened differently, what could have been done differently, 
and everything else. We also had our own shooting here in Anchorage, uh, in the South Central area down in Anchorage, um, where a, um, a manhunt was underway for a couple days, and they finally caught him in Wasilla uh, yesterday. Um, and there's some <clears throat> interesting things to talk about there as well. Um, because this uh, was all in a dispute over, I mean, I guess housing, you could say. Um, and we're going to talk about that as well. And, uh, you know, what happens when you find yourself in a situation like that. And um, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about it and, and come up with an idea um, or maybe, um, you know, it's always too late to put the lock on the barn when the horse has been stolen kind of thing. But I think that it's a thing to think about, and we should talk about that as well. There's a lot of other stories. Um, federal judges in New York have now come back on some of the things that uh, New York has been doing uh, to try and get around Bruin. Uh, there was a failure by the TSA, <laughs> a massive failure by the TSA, which led to a very, very interesting uh, situation um, in uh, Hong Kong of all places. We'll talk about that. And uh, we'll also take some phone calls. I've got the phone lines open right now, and uh, we will talk about talk with you about anything that you want to talk about. If you want to talk about this incident in Maine, we can to give us your thoughts on it or what else. Uh, phone lines are open. 907-433-3150. 907-433-3150. Powered by our friends over there at Satellite West. Um, and uh, we'd love to hear what you guys have to say this morning as we crack things open and start to uh, to crank through some of these stories and talk about some of these things. So feel free to feel free to uh, feel free to to dive in. Let's uh, let's get let's get started on some of this stuff and um, and and see what you, what you have to say. Uh, I'll start off the I'll start I'll start off the whole hour with a story that uh, doesn't end in violence or death or anything else. But I think it is just indicative of this whole idea that somehow if we just had one more law, we could fix the problem, right? Because that always seems to be the answer from many uh, around the spectrum is, boy, if we just had this law, X law, if we just had, you know, Z law, if we just had, you know, one, this one law would fix the problem. But we know that that's really not the case because, hey, uh, criminals, <clears throat> definition of somebody who breaks the law, they're not necessarily going to um, they're, they're not necessarily going to, to care about that. You know, um, we're going to talk <clears throat> about that right now. Um, handguns, of course, uh, are restricted to those over the age of 21 by law. Um, only those who are old enough to buy alcohol or old enough to buy a pistol, which seems kind of counterintuitive when that comes in. But uh, there are some states that have uh, different laws. Alaska, uh, if you were gifted a handgun by somebody, you can be uh, over the age of uh, uh, 18. You can, you know, there's, there's, there's loopholes to that. But again, criminals don't care about that, right? That's the whole thing. Criminals just don't care about it. Uh, there was a recent incident in Minnesota, um, which is a prime example of criminals doing criminal things. 
And uh, by the way, Minnesota is not particularly a pro-gun state to, you know, begin with. Saturday night, this is uh, an article from CBS News. Saturday night, the Ramsey County Sheriff's Office says deputies busted a party at an Airbnb rental home. They said a teenager who was wanted for credit card thefts in Shoreview was throwing his 17th birthday party at the rental. Okay, so already a criminal mastermind, you know, stolen credit cards, throwing himself a party at Airbnb. He was on the radar from the past auto thefts and carjacking, carjacking, said one of the undersheriffs. I mean, this guy, he's obviously citizen of the year. They said deputies ordered everyone outside. It estimated 50 people were at the party with ages ranging from 15 years old to 21. Once the police got inside, they found 11 guns, seven of which had fully automatic switches, which for those of you who don't know, those are switches on pistols, mostly Glocks, that can turn them from semi-auto pistols into full-auto machine pistols. He said the teenagers went to great lengths to hide the guns before taking off. They hid them in cereal boxes and board games and fast food wrappers and the walls. Uh, now, there were 21-year-olds present, so theoretically it could have they could have bought the handguns lawfully. But, again, 7 of 11 were all full auto. So those weren't legal to begin with. So only, you know, again, this is just a news report about a 17-year-old who was arrested uh, and that likely had more to do with the stolen credit cards that he used to pay for the Airbnb while everybody else walked. But again, you find 11 guns in among 50 teenagers and young adults, seven of which are completely and totally illegal. And you just wonder, how would that one more gun law really, really fix that situation? I mean, the cops weren't even looking for illegal guns. They looked up, they showed up looking for credit cards. How many more guns are in the hands of groups like this that are, you know, the cops aren't even aware of and they're not even paying attention to? Now, I'm not saying that what is going on amongst these teens is a good idea or right. I'm just saying they are doing it. They are criminals. They've already decided we have no control over it. The only thing we have control over is what we're doing. And if nothing else, this would prove to me that I definitely need to go forth armed, at least to be on par or attempt to be, because I don't have a full auto machine pistol, but at least attempt to go and be on par with people who may have nefarious deeds. I mean, this guy was a carjacker and a credit card thief. Hmm. I mean, anyway, uh, interesting Interesting story. Criminals are going to do criminal things. That's a shocker. That's a shocker. I know. I know how that is. All right, we got to go. The Michael Duke Show continues. It is Firearms Friday. We're back with more here in just a few moments. And phone lines are open. We'll take your calls. 907-433-3150. 907-433-3150. Back with more right after this. the show you can listen to it on your time with dukes on demand oh and it's free 
like America used to be. Streaming live every weekday morning on Facebook Live and MichaelDukesShow.com. Okay, fine. Here we are on this beautiful, beautiful Friday. Man, the grass was crunchy this morning when I took Bosco out uh, for his morning constitutional. Um, Oh, man, crunch, crunch, crunch. That grass was crispy. Like 19 degrees here at the house this morning. Uh, it was just beautiful and quiet and oh, just so cool. Anyway, um, good morning, my friends. How are you guys doing this morning? Uh, just on this beautiful, beautiful Firearms Friday. Um, you guys are awful quiet. I mean, you're just what's going on? Um, you are you this morning. I got me, the Brian, the what? <laughs> I think Brian hasn't had his coffee yet this morning. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Donna says, so sad those folks in Maine apparently weren't armed. I mean, yeah, I mean, um, Maine is a, you know, it's a constitutional carry state. And it is surprising that uh, he was not faced with, uh, uh, he was not faced with armed resistance at that point. It, it really is sad. And the fact that, you know, the bowling alley and the restaurant were separated by a significant chunk of space. It wasn't like he walked from one to the other. Um, I mean, this was a, this was a dedicated act and it's unfortunate. Um, yeah. Rick was howling at the moon to keep us uh, awake. More, co- more coffee. Yeah. No, it's, uh, it definitely is crisp and clear. Uh, it's supposed to be nice down in the South central area today. This high-pressure system is continuing, and they're saying it's going to be upwards of 40 degrees today. So I am all about it. You guys have all been helping me out, doing the dance to keep the snow away until after Thanksgiving. I mean, until <laughs> well, I wish, till after Halloween. Sorry. <laughs> I just gave you guys a heavy lift. You're like, what? I thought it was till after Halloween, and now you're saying you have to do it till Thanksgiving? I'm tired of doing this anti-snow dance. Well, you know, it, it is it is what it is. I'll tell you, I got up to Fairbanks and I hit that snow line just about Cantwell, and that's when the snow started blowing across the highway. And then I got to Fairbanks, and I'm like, okay, I'm already, I'm already sick of the snow. That's it already. I'm done. <laughs> yeah, Thanksgiving would be better. Terry says Thanksgiving is better. Yeah, Thanksgiving would be better, but I'm not holding my breath. I'm not holding my breath. Although Brian says, if you're going to dream, dream big. I mean, if a guy's got to hope, at least he can hope. I remember that first year that we got down here. That would have been 2013, 2014. And that was the year that uh, no snow at Halloween. And in fact, I think it snowed once or twice right before Thanksgiving, but it really didn't stick. And then it was pretty clear all the way up towards Christmas. And then about 10 days before Christmas, it snowed pretty heavy. And then like in January or February, it kind of all melted away. And it was kind of like this brown winter. I was fine with it, man. I was totally fine with it because it was my first year coming down from Fairbanks. And I was like, I am totally okay with no snow. You guys are doing just fine. And uh, But that was the only year that it's been that way. I don't know. Global warming. A guy can dream, right? 
guy can guy can dream. Um. Okay. What else we got going on here? Anything else? No. Okay. You guys coming out to the Dome this weekend? You're going to be down in Anchorage? Anybody down in Anchorage or in Wasilla headed to the Dome for the big football game? I'm going to be there. And then I'm, I haven't, I have nothing planned for any weekend from now until Christmas. I have been busy. <laughs> it's like every weekend for the last, every weekend I'm doing something, working, Bob. Now, then from now on, I'm done, baby. I am done. I got plenty of stuff to do for my own things, or I could just lay on the couch and, you know, you know, um, going to smoke some salmon, says Brian. You know, I tried to smoke salmon once, but the damn things are so hard to get lit. You know, I just, I couldn't figure out how to, I know that's an old one, but it's so funny. Here we go. What the hell's an assault weapon? What isn't? If I assault you with a penguin, doesn't that make it an assault weapon? Does this mean that if we hurt your feelings, you'd consider the Michael Dukes show assault radio? <laughs> okay, we can live with that. Here's Michael Dukes. An assault penguin? I mean, that's weird, but I suppose it's true. If you attack me with a penguin, I probably would be calling for penguin control tomorrow. I just, you know, because that just, first of all, it smells fishy. Uh, second of all, <laughs> if you attack me with a flightless bird, I will return it twofold with all. Um, all right, let's, uh, let's, uh, let's, let's dive into this whole thing on the main issue right now. Um, because there, uh, you know, there's a lot of information that was flying around. Initially, the initial count uh, on all this was that 20, uh, I guess, 22 people had died and over 50 people were injured. Some said up to 100 people were injured uh, in this shooting in Maine that took place in a town called Lewiston and um, that... Uh, that uh, he had gone from a bowling alley, started out in a bowling alley, and then um, um, made his way a, a, a further down the. I, it wasn't. It wasn't within walking distance, um, but it was a. Uh, 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 then he went into a restaurant and started. Uh, Shooting up the restaurant as well. Uh, now, Donna in the chat room said that it was a shame that um, those folks in Maine apparently weren't armed. Now, Maine has got some pretty lax gun laws. They always have. They've been very strong and strident in protecting their Second Amendment rights. They have constitutional carry. They don't have a um, uh, they don't have a red flag law. They have what they call a yellow flag law. And what does, um, you know, what is, what does that mean? What is the yellow flag law and, and what does it mean? Well, we'll talk a bit about that and, and, you know, how does it, we'll talk about how to, how it works, but I guess first we'll talk about what we know about what went down 
uh, there to begin with and what kind of lessons we can learn from this situation in our own life, in our in our own, you know, in our own situation here. So, as I said, initially, at least 22 people were uh, first dead and then they said 50 injured. Well, that was updated later on because as is the case, we know that many times there is a rush to get the reporting out and it's very, you know, the situation is very fluid. Um, and after it was updated, um, the bloodshed was significantly uh, ratcheted back um, as of... Um, uh, as of uh, uh, yesterday uh, afternoon, 18 were dead, which again, 22 to 18, uh, but only 13 were injured. Now, again, the biggest difference is in the number of injured because it was originally 50. Some thought it could be as high as 100, but that just doesn't seem to be the case now. So that's a good piece of news in this bad and horrible situation. Um, so... What ex what exactly, uh, what exactly went down? Well, nobody is exactly sure uh, exactly what caused the overall situation. Um, but uh, this is what's being reported, and this is how CNN had it um, to begin with. Uh, and again, those numbers have been. Um, pulled down and, and uh, ratcheted downward. At least 22 people are dead and dozens injured following two shootings Wednesday night at a bowling alley and a restaurant in Lewiston, Maine. And an intensive manhunt is underway for the person of interest, uh, who I will not name on this program, because although he's still at large, we're not in Maine. So it doesn't necessarily help us. And I don't like to give people like that any kind of publicity. The shooter is a person of interest and should be considered armed and dangerous, Maine Department of Public Safety Commissioner Mike Soschuk said. Um, he he refused to, and declined to provide further information about the shooter, uh, and they weren't prepared to go into his background at that time. But, of course, CNN and other news outlets dug into it, and they discovered a couple different things um, about the shooter. Uh, which we're going to get into um, in just a second. But first, we need to talk about the actual actions of what happened. The restaurant and the bowling alley weren't, again, weren't adjacent. It wasn't like they were just, I'm going to stroll across the street from one to the other. And that meant that uh, the shooter uh, wasn't looking at just hitting one place and calling it a day. He just was like, no, there's there's more to it here. And um, as we discussed in the past, of course, any incident like this is super concerning. Um, and we need to look at it as citizens as a way to, okay, how can we, what if, right? I mean, let's go, I guess we'll go back to the what if scenario. What if something like that could happen? What could we do and what would we need to do? Well, first things first, you should at least have the ability to defend yourself in these situations. Now, in that case, when you go into two different facilities, a bowling alley and a restaurant, you would hope amongst the nearly 20 people who were killed and another 10 or 15 who were injured, you would hope that someone in there would have the ability to defend themselves in a state where they allow 
um, constitutional carry. And that apparently didn't happen. Now, maybe there were some people who were armed, uh, had the ability to, but they maybe they were some of the first people who were shot in the initial volley and just didn't even get a chance. It's a possibility. It happens sometimes. Um, I don't know. Lewiston seems like it's a pretty small town. Maybe the shooter knew who the potential people were that could, um, you know, who, who, who the potential people were that could be armed. And maybe he took them out first because he knew people. I don't know. I don't know any of the. I'm speculating here on 100 percent speculation on that. But I will tell you that the most disturbing part of all this is the CNN and, and company did dig into the background of the shooter. And uh, law enforcement officials in Maine did tell CNN that the shooter was a certified firearms instructor, which, you know, okay, that's that doesn't, you know, look good for the shooting community because that's obviously antithetical to what 99.99% of us believe. And but the second thing was that he was also a member of the U.S. Army Reserve. So we've got a secondary level of um, authority, authentication, clearances, things like that. Um, there's a there's a second kind of layer there of like, hmm, did somebody see something that was going on? He had recently been, um, he had recently been uh, uh, not submitted. What was the word I'm looking for? Um, basically, he'd been recently been in a mental health institute in July uh, this year. He had been in a, in a, in a in a mental hospital because he was reporting himself mental health issues, hearing voices and others. Um, he had also, and this is where it gets super sticky. He had also recently made threats to carry out a shooting at a National Guard facility in Saco, Maine. Saco, Saco, S-A-C-O, Saco, Maine. So let's talk about that for a moment. He is a national U.S. Army Reserve member, and he had made public threats to carry out a shooting at a National Guard facility. Not at just some random place, but at a National Guard facility, a a federal military facility. He was a member of that same military uh, organization. And somehow, some way, he was able to get his mitts on some, I mean, this is the this is what we've been talking about in regards to the dangers of red flag laws, and then the inability of these states or organizations or bureaucracies to actually implement anything in the time when they're really needed. We got plenty of anecdotal stories about people who've had their rights, you know, violated or taken away, no due process, everything else. But when it actually is on the line. And you could see that the government should have followed its own policies and procedures and pursued this through law enforcement or, 
you know, and I don't know, <clears throat> maybe somebody who's in the chat room or maybe some of the listener who is more familiar with how the guard interacts, the, the, how the, the, the army reserve or the Marine reserve or the guard that how they react to the UCMJ, the uniform code of military justice, how that applies to them as part-time reservists versus, you know, do we get local law enforcement involved or we get the MPs involved and everything else. But there is a failure here. Just like in the Sutherland Springs <clears throat> shooting in Texas, where that shooter was a former Air Force member who had a dishonorable discharge and his dishonorable discharge was failed to be uh, transmitted or notified to the Knicks people so that when he went to buy a gun, he should have been denied because he was dis- but it didn't happen. Failure to communicate, failure to put the laws that we already have in the books into effect. And so here's a guy that, again, just recently, we're talking within the last handful of weeks, had been making threats, had spent time in a mental institution, in a mental hospital of some kind, and then had carried out threats uh, of not just harming people, but of shooting up a National Guard facility as a Guard member, and yet somehow... He was free and loose and had firearms. Now, we don't know how he got the fire. Maybe they stripped him of all his. Maybe I'm talking out the side of my mouth here. And maybe they stripped all of his firearms away from him. And somehow he was able to go out and acquire some more. Or maybe, just maybe, as we've seen in the failure of execution time and time and time again by government agencies and bureaucracies and others, that they only talk a good game about all these background checks and red flag laws and everything else when they want to take the rights away and not when it actually comes down to brass tacks and they need to do what they need to do to somebody who is an actual danger to society. Again, there's I, this is a ton of speculation, folks, because we just don't have enough information to know uh, uh, what's going on and, and what's, you know, what's happening. Um, The New York post is also reporting that they found a mysterious note at the home of the suspect. And we'll, we'll, we'll kind of continue to fill that in um, as we go through. But again, this is just a very tragic situation. That, I mean, I wish, you know, I wish we could make sense of it. But again, as we talk about every time there's something like this that happens, we know that if we could explain it, if we could, you cannot legislate or explain evil or insanity. And if you could understand it, that's when you should be worried, right? That's why you should, that's when you should be worried because if you can understand evil or insanity, it might be because... Just fill in the blank there, but it's not a good time. All right. So we will uh, we'll continue to discuss this and some of the lessons learned and and see where we go from here uh, as we continue on. Um, all right. We're coming up on the break. So now's the time to uh, do our thing here. Let's uh, let's jump back in and uh, take a quick one. And when we come back, uh, we will continue the Michael Duke show. Common sense. Liberty-based, free-thinking radio. All right, we're going to be back. Don't go anywhere. It is Firearms Friday. Uh 
We're back with more right after this. Running on 100% pure beard power. Oh, also some coffee. We dip our beard in coffee. Ha, <laughs> nice beard. The Michael Duke Show. Okay. I don't know what's going on here. We're having, whoops. Uh, we're having trouble streaming to Facebook. This must be an issue. Maybe a problem on Facebook. Sans is probably it's possible the stream was ended or deleted. We're trying to let you know it's resolved. Please check Facebook to ensure the stream looks okay. Uh, try and remove it from your destinations, and then we'll try and um, I won't do that. Um, we'll try this again. Still having a hard time. All right, let me remove it. Good morning. Uh, there we go. Try that again. Uh, hopefully, hopefully, um, you guys are jumping back in on this. We'll see. We'll see what this looks like. Let me restart the jump over here. I don't think that was a GCI problem. I think that was a StreamYard problem. So let me see what's going on. Let's see. Is it currently running? It's not currently running. All right, so here's what I'm gonna do. Oh no, there's two people watching. Um, so if you guys are watching on Facebook and you're hearing the sound of my voice, please comment on Facebook so that I can see that the stream is actually going again because this is uh, this is a Facebook problem. This is a Facebook problem. There we go. Um, yeah, there it is. Everything's back. Okay. So we're back. It restarted the Facebook stream. I don't know what's going on. Facebook uh, StreamYard just notified me that there's a problem, that it looks like, whoops, sorry, Bosco, looks like there was a problem there. I'm sorry, bud. Didn't mean to, he's right, after my, right under my feet. I accidentally kicked him. Um, okay. Boz did not step on the power cord. Wow. Um Wow, I was like 10 minutes. I didn't even realize it. I'm over here chatting away for 10 minutes on what's going on. This is why I guess people should listen to the live stream. <laughs> you should have the live stream going on just in case in the background. Just in case you, you know, you want to get it. All right. Well, <clears throat> yeah, it's uh I don't know. I got a uh, I got a notification from StreamYard, which is the service that I use to simulcast everywhere all the time that uh, Facebook uh, shut it down and I had to restart it. So I don't know if that was a Facebook thing. I don't know if it's because we were talking about firearms. I don't know if it was a technical issue. I have no idea at this point. No idea what's going on. <laughs> Bosco just put his face like right up to my light that shines in the background there. He's literally laying down with his head laying against the light. That's why you've lost all the darkness and the stuff back there. <sighs> All right. Well, we are in the commercial break. I'm sorry. I just had a, I had a, a good breakdown of everything that was going on in this main thing. And um, 
Yeah. I, I just, I don't know what to say. So I feel bad now that nobody could hear it on Facebook except for the folks that were listening on the radio or on YouTube. I mean, you could go over to YouTube because apparently YouTube was still going. So remember that. You can always jump over to YouTube if you want. So there you go. Okay. Uh, so Bradley says, Amy says I'm back. Sandy says she can hear it. Kathleen says she can hear it. So, I mean, there's only about a third of the people here that were here before. So we'll see what, uh, we'll see what happens. Okay. Making sure I didn't get any other messages when I was, uh, through the thing there. Okay. We ready? How far out? A minute and a half. All right. So thanks for returning, I guess. Thanks for returning to the uh, to the program. And again, I don't know exactly what was going on. Um, uh, but remember, you can always go over to YouTube and Twitch. If, uh, if Facebook continues to be a problem, you just go over there and they will, and you'll have, you'll have a, you'll have a place to go. Uh, one of them should be it. YouTube stopped playing as well. That's why I came over to Facebook, said Bradley. Oh, well, uh, apparently I don't know what I'm talking about then because both YouTube and, and Twitch looked like they were still broadcasting. So maybe it was just a complete and total failure of internet on my end. Thank you, GCI. Doing such a great job. Doing such a great job over there. That's one thing that I wanted to get done over the next couple of weeks was make sure I can get my Starlink all dialed in um, because I am just ready to kick that whole thing to the curb. We'll have to see what goes on from there. All right. Um, 30 seconds out, 37 seconds out right now. Um, tell all your friends we're back. Tell everybody, tell Bill, tell Brian, everybody, tell everybody we're back. We're ready to go. All right. Jumping into it. The Michael Duke show, common sense, liberty based, free thinking radio. Good morning and welcome. What the hell is an assault weapon? You know, if we could just figure out how to get all of the murder guns and the attack guns and not keep selling those to people and just sell protection guns, I think that would be great and solve a lot of problems. Does this mean that if we hurt your feelings, you'd consider the Michael Dukes show assault radio? <laughs> okay, we can live with that. Here's Michael Dukes. Well, welcome back to the program. Thanks for coming in. Uh, apparently, uh, folks on Facebook lost me there for a good full segment. I didn't even didn't even know what had happened. I was on a roll, on a rant, and technically something went crash. And so, uh, but we're back. We're back, baby. This is why plain old terrestrial radio is amazing because you never have to worry about it. It almost always gives you what you need for free. So, you know, this is why you could tune into the radio. And hear what's going on. We've been talking about what took place in Maine. Again, just to recap, for those of you just joining us uh, who missed it, the biggest thing that I think that has come out of this uh, so far, the information that's been published, is that uh, this man was a member of the National Guard. 
and he was um he 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 was he he they knew he was having a mental health break he had uh he had been committed to a facility or had been checked into a mental health hospital back in July and the worst part was that he had made threats against a national guard facility and said he was going to he threatened to shoot it up and that leads to the question of well if they have these red flag laws or these yellow flag laws or whatever why did they not institute it against a man who was threatening violence at a federal military facility? You know, whether it was local police, state police, or the feds, or his superiors in the National Guard coming down and, uh, you know, removing it. Like I said, I'm not sure how the UCMJ plays into part-time reservists and Guard members, but I'm assuming that the Uniform Code of Military Justice has to have some kind of application to them at that point. If you have threatened to shoot up a Guard facility, then maybe somebody should be taking a deeper look at what you're doing or trying to figure out how do we get the guns out of this guy's hands. Because he's made the threat. He is a credible, believable threat who is publicly having a mental health crisis. What do we do? Right? This is ostensibly what all these red flag laws and everything else are supposed to be about. That if somebody is visibly having a problem and they have become obviously a threat to themselves and others, then what do we do? What we have, again, is a failure in the system. The same system that all the anti-gun folks continue to prop up as the end-all, be-all. This would have been the way to do it. Now, maybe I'm supposing something. Maybe they did. Maybe they came in and they took all of his guns and he went out and found new ones. I, I suppose that's a possibility. But based on the track record that we've seen in the past, more than likely what's happening is he, they just didn't bother to do anything at that point. I mean, it's the same thing that happened at Parkland. I mean, the, the, the shooter at the Parkland school, that guy had over 20, 25 interactions with local and state police and over a dozen interactions with the FBI. And I'm not talking about, hi, how are you interactions. I'm talking about this guy was on their radar. He had been investigated. He'd been interviewed. This guy was a known bad dude or known problem child, I guess I should say. And nothing ever happened. And he went on to shoot the, up the school. Same thing with the Sutherland Springs shooting in Texas. That shooter was dishonorably discharged from the Air Force. That information should have been passed on to the FBI and the Nick's background system so that when he went to buy the gun that he used for the shooting, he should have been denied. But it didn't happen. So what we have is this continual failure on the part of the bureaucracies that many gun grabbers are trying to hold up as this is how you fix the solution. And it, uh, you know, it, it's a frustrating thing. How are we supposed to fix it if the laws that are in place aren't being implemented or aren't even being you know, they aren't even they aren't even attempting to or, or just uh, there's just a failure. In it. All right. Um, let's go to the phones. I got a call on hold, so let's go over to the phones and see what you have to say. Uh, maybe I'm out of line on this. What I mean, what are your thoughts? We'll go over here. Good morning. Who's this? Where are you calling from? Good morning. Uh, good morning, Fred. What's on your mind, my friend? What's happening? 
Well, this this whole thing is a hits a little close to home. I mean, Maine's just up the just a, just just a, just a ways up the road, as you say, up in Alaska. Yeah, from where I am. However, you know, there's a couple of points I want to point like to make. One is the uh, you know the whole thing to jump immediately jump to the conclusion that we got to you know, reinstate the attempts on the assault weapons ban, which is you know there's nothing more than the media media contrive anyway. It's you know, the way I see it. Saturday Night Special. Assault weapon, you know, what, what, what else do you want to throw into the go into the pot as far as like you know a, a label you can place on something, as opposed to a, a rifle that's majority the majority of them are owned by war-abiding peaceful people. You know, they're not out shooting up, the, you know, shooting things up. So when some individual like this clown up in uh, up in Maine does what he does, immediately it's like you know a call to action to get rid of assault weapons. Which are nothing right. more than any other. They're no, really no different than any other firearm. And stop and think about it. You talk about high-speed rounders now. They they, they new contrived as to what they're. If it wasn't such a high-speed round, it wouldn't be so deadly. Well, you got the two-two-three. <laughs> all your vomit calibers. You know they fire in excessive velocity, but yet you know that that's not the problem. That's not the problem at all. But you know the thing is though. If you get rid of the assault weapons, let's let, let, let's say they, they they pull this act of stupidity off and ban these things, just based on this whole you know this whole perception of how deadly that they are. All right, you can still go back in history and look at things like Timothy McVeigh in Oklahoma City. How many people did he knock off? Right. A hundred and sixty-eight. Thirteen children in a daycare center in that federal building. But he killed 168 people, one in one, one, one swoop. So you talk about it boils down to this: it's the individual. It's always going to be the individual, and not the device. No, it's always the person wielding that, the tool. That is where the, yeah, it's always the person wielding the tool, and not the tool itself. And and again, what what boils me about this? Exactly. What boils me about this, Fred? Is the fact that the thing, the same things that they're going to call for now, and you you point out, I mean, the assault weapons ban. Look, Judge Benitez ran the numbers back in California when you know in this recent court case we talked about last week, when he said based on the number of ARs and 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 a quote unquote assault rifles in the country, the the overall bad actors in the country are using them in point zero 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 one four percent of crimes they're being used in in gun crimes i mean four four zeros after the decimal so you've got ninety nine point nine 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 seven four percent of of uh, of assault weapons owners are legal lawful law-abiding people so this is a it's an outlier now it's a heinous outlier it's a graphic and splashy and um you know huge tragedy but we know that they're going to try and take a crisis and make hay while the sun shines that's what that's i mean that's what's going on and what really kills me is when all these laws that they keep touting and all these things that they're saying are going to keep people safe never get instituted they never get used even if they're available whether that's involuntary commitment, whether that's a red flag or a yellow flag law, whether it's a, you know, a background check or whatever, we see instance after instance where a failure on the part of the bureaucracy who's in charge of that stuff, and I just named three, Parkland, Sutherland Springs, and now this one, 
where they knew about the shooter. I'll name another one, the Naval Yard shooter. Remember that? Boy, that's that's a throwback to the past 25, 30 years ago. The guy went in with a shotgun and shot up the Naval Yard. This is the same guy that, by the way, had already been busted for discharging his weapon and doing all kinds of crazy stuff with a the guy should have been nowhere near a firearm should have nowhere been nowhere near he had a security clearance that wasn't revoked when he was acting hanky i mean we have seen failure after failure after failure on the part of bureaucracies to enforce the laws that are already on the books and now they're going to come after us the law-abiding citizens and disarm us and not give us the ability to protect ourselves well, you know, it, it, it serves no purpose whatsoever other than the political narrative, which is something I've been screaming about for a while. The whole thing is nothing more than the boogeyman, the boogeyman gun, right? This is all it is, especially with Halloween coming. So it sort of fits right into everything. Right. Bra- uh, this is all it is. It's, Fred, it's a load of garbage. Fred, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put you on hold for a second. I just looked up at the clock. I got ranty. I'm sorry, Fred. I just looked up the clock. We're going we're gonna to hit the top of the hour break here in just a second. So don't go anywhere, Fred. Uh, we'll take your call. I got two other calls on hold as well. We'll start off the next hour with that. We got more coming up. The Michael Duke Show, Common Sense Radio. All right. Uh, let me go over here. I, th- I don't know if Fred dropped off or not. Um, let me see if this is Fred. I, don't, I just want to see. Good morning. Who's this? Where are you calling from? Yeah, still. Okay. All right. Hold the still line. Still here, Mike. Still don't here. don't go anywhere. I want you to get your final say, Fred. So don't go anywhere. Hold the line. Let me go over to this other line. See who this is. Good morning. Who's this? Where are you calling from? Carlene and Kodiak. Okay, Carlene. Hold the line, dear. We'll be back to you here in just a hot moment. You'll be number two right after we talk to Fred. Okay, so don't go anywhere. Fred's going to stick with us for a minute here as we go over the top of the hour, and uh, we'll see what's going on. So again. I'm sorry, I don't know what's going on with the feed. I don't know if it was a YouTube, uh, Facebook, or just a GCI glitch. Um, I opened another window and was <clears throat> I was loading a story up on the internet. I don't know if that crashed it or what. I'm supposed to have the fastest internet connection you could possibly get. Like a two gigabit connection. And I swear to God, sometimes it just cannot handle doing the show and then actually... I always have to preload all my windows up, and sometimes things get super laggy when I open up a new story or a new I browse to a new website while I'm on the show. But to actually crash the broadcast is, uh, well, let's just say I'm not impressed. Let me just say, not impressed with this, especially for you know what you pay for a for something like that. Not as impressive as you would hope. Let's put it that way. Um, all right. Uh, let me see what else we got here. See what you guys are talking about. Uh, Teresa says, I couldn't get back. Uh, I couldn't get back uh, to. She couldn't get. She couldn't get the the Facebook to play the podcast at all. And she says, I see only one other person's on uh Comment on YouTube. <laughs> Teresa is now back, apparently, on Facebook. YouTube is there, but yeah, there's definitely not as many watchers on YouTube as there is on Facebook. I wish everybody could see the. Uh, um, I wish everybody could see the unit. What you know, what they call a unified feed, where you can see all the comments in one location. I suppose. I wonder if I could. I wonder if I could. Uh... <laughs> 
I wonder if I could set that up where I could show you the unified feed in one location. I know you can do that with Twitch, um, but I don't know if I can do it with StreamYard. Hmm. I'm going to have to look into that. Now I'm curious because then everybody could see everybody's comments um, all the time because I see, you know, like here's Jeannie's comment. You could see she's on Facebook or on YouTube because she's got the little YouTube icon down there. And then she's over on Facebook and you could see she's got the little Facebook icon. So I can see them all. Uh, I wonder if I can make you, uh, you see it as well. So, um, do we insert the story of the rabbit in here? Says Brian. I really wish sometimes that I could, <laughs> sometimes I feel so like out of place. Like I have no idea what somebody's talking about sometimes. Like I made, I made some comment in passing about something and then somebody comments on it like four minutes later. And I'm like, what are you talking about? I need some context. <clears throat> Jeannie said, I listened to Corrine Jean-Pierre's press conference. That's the president's spokes critter. Um, and she said, I listened to the, to the press conference, assault weapons, weapons of war, Australia is an example, blah, 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 blah. Not one mention of mental health. Of course, it's always the gun's fault. It has nothing to do with the people or any other extraneous situation. It always has to do with the, the the gun is the problem even though 99.9999997% i'm trying to remember the the actual uh you know doesn't matter doesn't matter um and the hair here clearly not ready type yet i see what you're saying okay uh and i have debbie says i have both open so the numbers are wonky Debbie, Debbie's got both Facebook and YouTube open. That's dedication, Debbie. Just saying. Debbie's got both open and she's like, ah. Uh, but I mean, Sandy Blewett, <clears throat> may she rest in peace, our good friend Sandy, who just passed away recently. That's what she said. She used to see, she said she would put YouTube up on her television because it was more stable and everything else. And then she would open the show on, and listen to it through her television. But she would um, comment. She'd have the, it open on her phone, on her Facebook feed, on her phone, so she could comment and be in the chat room with everybody else. So it's all, it's all good. Mental health, including prescribed drugs, says Kevin. Yeah, I mean, it'll be interesting to see exactly what, you know, when we get more backstory on this shooter. I mean, he was in a mental health facility in July. He'd been struggling, he'd suffered, he'd made a threat against a federal facility, and yet he was out free walking the streets, and it'll be interesting to see what um, what's going on, what's happening. Um, what was that? Susie Dotson? Did Susie Dotson pass away? Kelly? Kelly just says, rip Susie Dotson. Um, I just saw her here in the chat room. The other day, is she, <clears throat> did she pass away? Man, that, man. <sighs> Am I reaching that age where everybody I know just, oh, man. Oh, I'm so sorry. So sorry for Susie's family. I had no idea two days ago. I j yeah, because she was just in the chat room. 
talking with us just the other day. Holy cow. Back in its holster, we haven't gone anywhere. I don't understand. Check out the MichaelDukesShow.com for information on how to get access to the podcast. The Michael Dukes Show. I have two guns, one for each of you. Firearms Friday. As Thomas Jefferson stated, it is the right and duty of the people to be at all times armed. To be at all times armed. Say hello to my little friend! I say that the Second Amendment is, in order of importance, the First Amendment. The right to keep and bear arms is the one right that allows rights to exist at all. Michael Dinkshaw. The right to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. Not be infringed. Firearms. From my cold, dead hands. Friday. Firearms Friday, your chance to sound off on issues of a 2A nature right here on the Michael Duke Show. It's the one day a week we dedicate to the Second Amendment and to talk about firearms and gun rights and stories and news things that are happening around the country. I've got two lines on hold. Fred is over in Rhode Island and Carlene is in Kodiak. But before I get to them, I just discovered in the chat room, somebody just informed me, one of our listeners... um, uh, who participated in the chat room quite frequently, almost every day, um, passed away. Apparently yesterday morning, the day before, oh, Susie Dotson. So we want to say heartfelt, you know, we're sorry for her family. We'll keep you in our thoughts and prayers. Uh, but uh, so we dedicate Firearms Friday to the Second Amendment, but we also today will dedicate the show to her uh, for being an avid listener, a great supporter, always having something kind to say. Um, wow. Wow. Um, so anyway, I, I just, it's very sad. Uh, so Susie Dotson, rest in peace, uh, with that. All right. Well, let's go back over. Fred was, uh, on a roll here before we hit the top of the hour and I got a little ranty about something. So Fred's been on for a while here. Uh, Fred, thanks for holding on my friend. What, uh, let's, let's finish up our thoughts here on what's going on. This is right up the road from you guys. I mean, you're in Rhode Island. Maine is not that far away. Um, and, uh, so this kind of hits close to home. Give us your final thoughts here on everything that's going on and the reaction of people to this, Fred. Well, you know, one thing I failed to point out understanding is uh, this guy was a firearms instructor, but he was a military firearms instructor, you know. So his training is entirely different. Uh, he, you know, state-of-the-art tactics and uh, whatever they use in the, in, a, in the military environment as, a, as an instructor to teach others. They obviously, he had to be on top of his game in order to do that. So he wasn't your average you know, two A, two A person. You know, your hunter, your collector, your, your you know, your sports shooter. 
you know, he was he was way above and beyond that. And then to, uh, you know, fly off the handle and pop his cork and do what he did, well, that just makes him doubly dangerous. He, they should have been, they, he should have been number one on the radar all the time, especially after he was admitted into the, uh, you know, for the, uh, you know, for the mental, for the, for his uh, mental uh, hospital, you know, stay. He should have definitely been on the radar, and he should have been right. all over him right then. Right, right, right. He, he's just a walk. He's just a walking time bomb at that point in time. And like you said, they failed to, you know, they failed to act. And as a result, this is what happened. Same thing. If you go back and go way back to the uh, the uh, the uh, oh, what the hell was the one in Connecticut? There, you know, like top of my head. New, Newtown. Newtown. You're talking children. about Newtown. Newtown. Yeah, Newtown. Thank you. Thank you. You know, for the Newtown, same situation. You got a nutty kid, and you got a mother that did nothing to really, you know, take, you know, to take action and prevent that from happening by getting rid of the firearms or at least letting law enforcement out on it. What was going on? And what happened? No action results in a disaster. And, you know, this is basically the same thing. Except right. it's not his mother. It's now the military. It's now law enforcement. It's the people in Maine who knew him. They should have, they should have been all over this guy long before this happened. You right. Know, I mean, really yeah. That, yeah. You know, that, you know, that, yeah, I mean, you got his family, you got his people like that. But again, the thing to me is, is that he made a threat against a federal military law, you know, in a, a, a facility. He was he threatened to shoot up the National Guard facility at Seiko, Maine. I mean, I think that that would have been the red flag that everybody needed to Absolutely. to you know to pull this guy off the street, to disarm him, to do whatever. Um, I mean, again, and you you talk about that one. I've talked about the Parkland shooting, where that shooter had multiple dozens of interactions with law enforcement at various levels, federal, state, local. Um, you know, you got the Sutherland Springs shooter, who should have been his his dishonorable discharge should have been on the NICS system, but the Air Force failed their their test there. The Navy Yard shooter, who had had actual firearm shooting incidents and everything else, yet he still had his top secret clearance before he went up and shot up the Navy Yard. You got the kid in Virginia Tech who used the two pistols. He was having mental health issues, and yet no mental health professional, you know, reported him, and he was able to go purchase handguns. And I mean, you could just look at, you know, failure after failure after failure of these systems that they keep touting and saying, oh, this is it. At what point are you going to say, people, you need to pay attention for yourselves as well and be able to defend yourselves and uh i mean i'm not blaming the people Absolutely. in the well, street you, know, but, I mean, you got to have the ability to do it well you know like you say not only that but you have the media now you get the media and of course they're the biggest instigators going they really are they 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 love, they love to poke the bear and then they sit there and they can't figure out you know why you know why why the bear is so so angry all the time you know, and you know they—they, they, they, you know, they're agitators. And the media is nothing but, and they're trying to steer politicians like the one up in Maine, the local guy. And in a way, you can kind of understand where he's coming from. But then again, one thing you cannot do in a situation like that—you cannot throw common sense out the window, in lieu of some knee-jerk reaction, which will have, in the long run, will have no effect on anything, because these perpetrators will just put the AR-15 down or the assault weapon down, if you want to call it that and pick up something else and do exactly what they're doing now. Right, so this has right. no effect. The only thing this affects is the law-abiding citizens, this whole gun control concept and assault weapons. You know, it's nothing, it affects nothing more than the law-abiding yeah. and has no effect on stopping them because they'll just pick up something else and do it, continue on. Yeah, and again, if you look at the numbers, which we just did, you know, thanks to Judge Benitez in California, 
it, uh, you know, assault weapons is what they're calling them. These black rifles or whatever account for point zero 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 one four percent of gun crimes. I mean, they are, I mean, literally four zeros after the decimal. And yet they want to banish and punish all the people on the other side, the ninety nine point nine 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 one percent of people who are doing OK. It's crazy stuff. Uh, Fred, thank you. So well, much. first of all, you know, they you call them weapons of war. I mean, that, that that's another media contrivance. Oh it's yeah, all it's all yeah. It, 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 it's all smoke and mirrors to try to to try to get something. Well, and they're just using the tragedy. It's to about fear. Cause. It's about fear. In the long run, it's it's nothing more than cutting cutting a leg off the cutting a leg off the chair is all it's doing. In the long, run. yeah. It just does nothing but put us in a law abiding in a very situation. No, no. And it is about fear. I mean, assault weapon sounds dangerous, sounds scary. Weapons of war sounds even scarier. It's about perpetrating and pushing fear so they can control people. That's what it's all about. Fred, thank you so much, my friend, for calling in. I've got Carlene on the phone from Kodiak. She's been on hold for a while here, so we want to get over to her. Carlene, how are you, my dear? What's going on? What's on your mind? Um. Some of the people in your chat room were thinking the same way since we're speculating about the mass shooter in Maine and he was just recently released from a mental institute. I was wondering if he was medicated or self-medicated, meds, drugs, psychotropics, chemicals. It seems like these things are not brought to the light. They're kind of kept secret. You know, after there's a court appearance, the records are kind of closed. So, right. Well, I mean, and Dr. John Lott last week was talking about the fact that in a lot of cases, they won't release the manifestos of these uh, shooters. They don't let people know what the motivations are. I mean, not that we need to pour over the motivations of a mad person, but at least we would have an idea of what was going on in their minds before they started this. Maybe we could find a way to slow this kind of stuff down. Uh, And then again, you're right, psychotropics uh, are a huge deal in many of these cases as well. What kind of role do they play in this? We just, we don't know because we can't get all the information. Yes, we don't know if he was actually a decent man so other people wouldn't have seen him as a threat. Right. Except a decent man on some kind of medication. Thanks, Michael. I appreciate it. Uh, uh, I appreciate it, Carlene. Thank you for coming on board and joining us. Uh, thanks for joining us. All right. Uh, you could call in as well if you want this morning. The phone lines are open at 907-433-3150, 907-433-3150. If you'd like to sound off, we'd love to hear what you have to say about this. This is a tragedy, folks. I mean, there's just no two ways about it. But what again, what gets me is that this was a known, you know, this guy was a known quantity. He was, again, in a mental health facility during the summer in the month of July for a couple weeks, apparently. He had made threats against a National Guard facility. And as a guardsman, you would think that they would have some, you know, some leverage on that and some things that could happen. I mean, we don't know all the answers. We, you know, again, there's a lot of speculation going on here because we just don't have all the information. But we know that time and time and time again, bureaucracies across the country who are supposedly the ones supposed to be in charge of many of these, um, you know, rules and regulations and hurdles to prevent this kind of stuff, have failed to act. Uvalde, 
I mean, Uvalde is a prime example. The police standing around for 30 minutes doing nothing before somebody finally says, breaks protocol with whatever they said and said, I'm going in. We can't do this anymore. I mean, these are the people that are supposed to be protecting us and those children didn't do it. Air Force didn't do it in Sutherland Springs. Navy didn't do it at the Navy Yard shooting. You know, FBI, local law enforcement, state police didn't do it in the Parkland shooting. We can go shooting after shooting and see where there's been a failure of the system. The same system, by the way, that everybody is touting as the end-all, be-all, and the only way we'll be kept safe is by giving government the power and authority to do these things. And yet government continues to not even to be powerless, to not even exercise the, 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 uh, the laws that are supposed to be in place. Let's go over here to the phones. Good morning. Who's this? Where are you calling from? Good morning, Michael. This is Ron in North Pole. Good morning, Ron. And, uh, in light of the recent happenings, I would simply take you back to uh, a descriptor that you've used many times, the uh, one of the uh, Irish Rebellion. Right, Irish democracy, uh, which is where the state uh, just the the Irish democracy. Just so where people know what I'm talking about, I say an Irish democracy is a state where the laws become so ridiculous that the people stop. They basically start ignoring the laws, and that's when the rule of law becomes very, very dangerously, you know, tipped on an edge, because when people start disregarding the law and 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 basically uh, dis- discarding it because it's so ridiculous, that's when you have the danger of chaos breaking out. And with that in mind, I would simply point out what I've been reading a great deal about recently uh, as far as the Illinois uh, assault weapons ban. Uh, you were using some very small figures before in describing uh, frequency of occurrence and uh the number of people who have registered in Illinois their uh, previously owned assault, quote, assault weapons uh, is uh, less than 1%. <laughs> well, again, and we've seen that. The same thing happened in New York with the SAFE Act. It was less than 4%. In Connecticut, after Newtown, they passed their law. And again, it was in the single digits, like 3, 3 3.5%, 4%. They're estimating that, again, about 95-plus percent of all of those people in those states who are law-abiding citizens, by the way, have declined to participate in that law. Uh, they have refused. They are civilly disobedient. And even the law enforcement in those states is like, I'm not going door to door to knock on this. Are you crazy? Well, it seems to me, I recall that uh, California passed something uh, uh, several years ago that uh, was along that same line. And uh, after the people registered the guns, they uh, actually went after them. So yeah. grandfathering has no status. Yeah, no, that was it. <laughs> California had their assault weapons ban, and they said, yeah, you can register them and everything else. And then they changed their mind down the road and said, you know what? We really don't want these in the state. And so then they used that same list to go collect them from people. So you're right. It, 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 <clears throat> it literally was the poster child for registration leads to confiscation. And uh, you want an example of it? There you go. Exactly. Right there. Right there. All right, Ron. Thank you. All right. I'll leave you with that thought, Michael. Bye-bye. Thank, thank you so much. I've got one more line on hold, but I am up against the break. Caller, hold the line for just a second. We will be back with more. It is the Michael Duke Show. We've got this story here in the South Central area in Anchorage. We're going to try and learn some lessons from that as well. Uh, what took place here this week. And we'll have some more discussions on that. 
Common Sense, Liberty-based, free-thinking radio. It is Fire Arms Friday. Back with more right after this. What is that? Common Sense. Regularly heard on American radio. Okay, we're in the break. Let's go. <clears throat> excuse me. Let's go over to this caller here and see who they are, where they're calling from, and we'll get them ready for the return to radio here in just a couple minutes. Good morning. Who's this? Where are you calling from? Good morning, Mr. Dukes. This is Brian calling from Fishhook. Hello, Mr. B. Hold the line for me, my friend. You're going to be number one with a bullet uh, when we return. <clears throat> so don't go anywhere. I'm- Whoops, I just I just put him on hold when he was in the middle of a word. What was that, Brian? I said I'm triggered. You're triggered. I'm triggered. All right, well, good. He's triggered, and he's going to come back and tell us all about it here in just a minute. Um, let's see. Let me see what else. Uh, did we ever get the manifesto from the LGBTQ shooter? No, no, no. That's the thing. They're hiding a lot of this stuff. You know, and they, they again, looking at the motivations of a lot of these things. I mean, the Buffalo shooter, who was a person of color, uh, we never got the manifesto there, although it turns out that they may have been a, uh, you know, some kind of eco-warrior or whatever. I mean, we're not getting, you know, the, if it doesn't fit the narrative for what the news media and some of the talking heads are pushing, we just don't get the information. It's, it's you know, that's part of the problem. Uh, Timothy says, uh, he quotes someone here, Shea Azule, fear is a powerful weapon. When people are afraid for their lives, they'll obey whoever's in charge, whoever claims he can lead them out of the desert, or for that, they'll gladly give up all their rights. <clears throat> That's exactly what we're seeing. That's why they're using this whole thing about weapons of war, right? You know, the evil black rifles, the weapons of war, and the assault rifles because they sound scary because they have the word assault in them. Although it's not even a technical, they can't even define, the head of the ATF couldn't even define what an assault weapon was. Um, um, The old book by the New York psychiatrist called Talking Back to Prozac ought to be on everybody's must-read list. Huh. Um... Anthony says, the problem is implementation, not regulation. The current system we have, if it were working and being held properly, would regulate firearms to a reasonable degree. But rather than admit the bureaucracy isn't doing the job, or even up to doing the job, I would argue, we instead just keep adding new laws. What's the definition of insanity again? Yeah, it's, you know. Jeannie says that she thinks they hide the manifestos because it's clearly the lack of mental health care that's caused the event. And I think that would be the case as well. I think it would shine the light too much. It would take the focus off the gun and it would put the focus on the state of mind of the shooter and it would show that they themselves are having a crisis and having a problem and that we do have a mental health crisis in this country. We have a mental, not that there's any more instances of mental health, there was an interesting article on this the other day that I read. It was talking about that in, in all cases, what's coming out is that we're being more open about the, what's going on. We're talking about it more. We're doing this. But at the same time, we've limited the exposure to things like, you know, 
the asylums and, you know, that there's this big mental health problem in the homelessness population. And then you've got these shooters are going on and doing all these things. And we're refusing to take action on the things that are ultimately dangerous to all that kind of stuff. Um, and that there's a correlation. There's a correlation between all those things, you know, the homelessness, the shootings and everything else. And it all comes back to, again, this kind of mental health issue and the fact that we don't you know, we're not taking a we're not taking a broader stance on people who are dangerous to themselves and others. We're just not taking it. There's a monster behind me. Can you see that? There's a monster behind me walking around. You see the shadow? Um, <clears throat> all right. We are uh, 30 seconds out, Brian. So get ready. Get your get get ready to be triggered. We're going to jump in on this and get things uh, get ready to go. Um, Aussies surrendered their guns years ago. I saw a picture of a gigantic pile of the land done under seized government fire. Yeah, but you know what? You know what the turn-in rate was for that? They're estimating now all those, whatever it was, 600,000 guns or something that they collected. The estimates today are that it was less than 30% of all the firearms that were in Australia. Because even Australians realize that makes no sense. Uh, and those... That's that's the big thing there. All right, we're going to jump back into it. Here we go. The Michael Duke Show. Common sense, liberty-based, free-thinking radio. Let's do it. The Michael Duke Show. Not your daddy. Wait, sorry. Not your daddy? Ooh, not your daddy's talk radio. Huh. Whew. I was scared for a second. Thought we were going down. Here's Michael Dukes and the show. Okay, we are continuing here on this beautiful Firearms Friday. Temperatures actually dropped two degrees since we got started here this morning. I was saying earlier my grass was a little crispy when I was walking uh, Bosco out on the grass this morning. Uh, Interesting. Uh, We've got one caller on hold, Brian, up in Wasilla Fishhook, uh, up in the hook, as we like to say around here. He's calling in this morning, and he says... He's feeling a little triggered today, Brian. What do you What do you mean exactly? Give me the Give me the details here. What's going on? Well, I was going to start off. I had one bigger topic, and it uh, I'm just kind of listening, listening, uh, said on the radio, and some of the stuff in the chat room. You guys kind of stole a lot of that thunder, but um, well, feel free to feel free to reiterate right because not like everybody feel to, uh, feel okay. f- yeah feel free to reiterate, right. it, Brian. <laughs> Okay, I'm going to try to manage this echo. Um, yeah, we keep talking about, you brought up Uvalde. That was a government failure to act. You bring up the Sutherland Spring Shooters. That was a government failure to act. The little twit in Florida, wherever it was, Parkland, that was a government failure to act. Yet we put our trust, we continue to put our trust in the government. Oh, red flag laws. Oh, I missed that one too. Oh, sorry, our bad. But there's no one held responsible. It's disseminated, it's distributed, not even guilt, it's distributed incompetence. There's no one to be held accountable. As it goes on and on, as this thing sort of progresses and the government fails to continually act in the best interest or even according to the laws, there becomes less and less trust of government in general. And I'm accused of being exceedingly cynical with the government. I think I have good grounds. That's why I picked up the tag, be ungovernable. We've tried it. The government has failed. It's a distributed uh, distributed blame. 
Right. Also want to say um, my condolences to Susie Dodson's family on your uh, on your loss. So um, yeah. third thing, completely off topic, sort of. Go pick up or go listen to Nick Gillespie's recent podcast on Aries, and they talk a little bit about kind of in passing about some of the stuff that's going on sort of in the mental health and psychological community where people, I understand why people are afraid to go get, um, go get help. They, because they become big D programming or programming sessions. A lot of frustration, a lot of distrust at home mental health facility and for psychologists and training, they're even raising flags on this is not mental health, this is programming. Right. Well, and, and let's go back real quick before I let you go. I mean, because I think your, um, I think your point is is very valid. I mean, it is distributed incompetence, and and the reaction is, we have all these laws that should be implemented. It's not the problem with the law, as Anthony said in the chat room. It's the implementation of the law, and so they don't implement it. They fail to act. They don't implement it. They fail to act. And then the reaction becomes, well, then we need more. And then it they fail to act. And, oh, the reaction is we need exactly. more. And it becomes this cyclic thing of where there's more and more and more control. And yet in the instances where it's really needed, oh, and they'll act against people who are, you know, the guy on YouTube who was – putting together the the M16 SEER card or whatever, they'll act against him. They'll prosecute him. They'll do all the things to him uh, when he's just, you know, exercising some First Amendment rights. They'll go against Cody Wilson for the 3D printed gun. They'll do all those kind of things. But in an instance like this where somebody is actually about to harm somebody, they fail to act and it becomes this self-reinforcing feedback loop of they fail to act, so we need more rules, and then they fail to act, so we need more rules. And it's going to, again, Ron's right earlier. It's going to force us to the point of an Irish democracy where people just basically refuse to obey the We're law there. because it doesn't make any sense. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So you say we're there. Anyway, now I'm so thoroughly um, angry, so I think maybe I'm just going to drink some more coffee and go to work. There, there you go. Don't uh, forget the Irish for the coffee. That's all I'm saying. All right, my friend. Well, thank you for coming on board this morning. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate you. Appreciate you, you calling. Bet you. you bet you. Thanks so much. Um, but that's kind of where we're at, folks. I mean, that's kind of where we're at is that we're reaching that feedback loop of all the talking heads say we need this law and this law and this law and this law. And yet when we have those laws or in the areas where we already have those laws on the books and they are failed the implementation of those laws are failed. The bureaucrats and the people in charge of those laws fail to execute and implement those laws against situations like this. And then, of course, as the reaction is, well, we need to tighten the belt even more, regardless of the fact that, again, I'm going to keep hitting this number because it is such a brilliant number. Judge Benitez in California, the federal judge in California who struck down the assault weapons ban in California, points out that in the entire country, the incidence of uses of assault rifles in gun violence is 0.000014%. That's four zeros after the decimal. That's how many times assault rifles are used in violent crimes. So infinitesimal, it doesn't even matter. 
you know, when you look at the number of murders in the country, the latest numbers from the UCJ, the UCR, the Uniform Crime Report from the Department of Justice, says that 462 people were killed with all rifles, long guns. So we're talking about everything from your dad's hunting sporting 22 uh, or 30 out six down to a little 22 all the way up to an AR-15. 462 people out of 340 million residents. How many decimals are in there? How many decimals are in there? When nearly four times as many people are beat to death with hands, fists, and feet, is it really an assault weapons problem? Is it really a rifle problem at that point? Because again, remember those 462, it's all guns, all, all long guns, not just black rifles, all guns. So is it really a problem that, or is it the fact that we have something else going on? Is it really about control? Is it really about people being uncomfortable with people having the ability to defend themselves? Or be able to push back against governmental, you know, intrusion in their lives or intervention. Again, going back to what Ron was just talking about, the Illinois assault weapons ban, the New York assault weapons ban, the the Connecticut assault weapons ban. The compliance rate on those bans is less than 5% in every location. Be, why? Because 95% of those people are, are criminals? No, they're lawful, law-abiding gun owners who've done nothing wrong and refuse to give in to laws that are punishing them for the actions of 0.000014% of the population. They just refuse. It, it, but, but, but facts don't matter. I, I will feel safer if you don't have it. I really don't care if you feel safer or not. I want to feel safer on my end. And because the statistical probability of me doing something wrong, bad, or illegal with my gun is basically vanishingly small, then maybe you should be encouraging me to hold on to my firearm and do those kind of... I mean, it's just... It, I'm with Brian. I'm frustrated. I'm watching this go on. And again, they refuse to talk about, they refuse to talk about the main problem uh, behind most of this stuff. And that is, of course, the fact that we have a mental health, we don't necessarily have more instances of mental health. It's that we're more open to talk about it and we're more open to, to discuss it and everything else. But at the same time, we've absolutely wrecked the infrastructure for large capacity mental health in this country because of the actions of people in the past and the heinous things that happened to to uh, to people who had to be committed and everything else in the institutions. But instead, we just threw out the baby with the bathwater and we never really we 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 never really put a, a system in place to replace that, a better system. And that's led to so many other problems, including these mass shooters and the mental health issues in the homeless and so much, I mean, geez. All right. I got to lighten it up. We're going to, we're going to come up next with Willie Waffle, the Michael Duke show, Cobbett Sands, Liberty Base, Free Thinking Radio. Streaming live every weekday morning on Facebook Live and MichaelDukesShow.com.
Okay, we're in the break right now. Um, and it's not, Chris just said 0. .0004. No, it's 0.00014%. Boink. That's, I mean, that's how many zeros, that's how low it is. That is the... What are you going to do? I mean, I, I hope we get more information on what's happening in Maine. Um, they, um, they, they said they found a note at his house, the shooter's house in Maine. Um, they won't reveal what was on the note. They won't reveal if it provides any answers to the motives or anything else. Coast Guard's now looking for him. Um, his car was found near a boat launch in Lisbon, which was eight miles from the shooting. And a 15-foot boat that he reportedly owned is now missing. Um, he was a trained marksman and a skilled outdoorsman. And now that he's out in the woods, they're saying good luck trying to find him. That's what his friend said. He was a skilled outdoorsman. And he's gonna, you're going to have a tough time out there. Um, so, you know, I, I don't know. There are just, it's no idea exactly what's happening. They all say he was capable of hiding for a long time, according to a neighbor who's known the family for decades. I mean, I would love to have some information on what, you know, but again, uh, why are we fascinated by this? Because we want to protect ourselves. We want to figure out how do we deal, how do we. How do we prepare ourselves for this? I think that's why there's this morbid fascination with these things when they go on, because we want to figure out how do we prevent something like this for ourselves. If we have more information, we can make more decisions because people know in their heart of hearts that if they have a plan, then, you know, th then it will be better. It's just. Oh, it's, it's just it's just horrific. Absolutely horrific. Uh, Maine doesn't require permits to carry guns. The state has a longstanding culture of gun ownership that's tied to its tradition of hunting and shooting. Uh, keeping in mind the strong support for gun rights, lawmakers passed a yellow flag law in 2019 that would require police to seek a medical evaluation for anyone believed to be dangerous before then trying to take away their guns. However, critics charged that it was a weaker version of the tougher red flag laws that many other states have adopted. But it didn't matter because they didn't even put the yellow flag law into effect. I mean, yes, he was seeking a medical evaluation. He was in the mental hospital and he made a threat to a federal military facility. Again, failure, 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 failure along the way. Um, so. Uh, by the way, the main information and analysis center now reports that the person of interest, the shooter, is not a firearms instructor. I mean, there's so much news just flowing around on this. We just you just don't even know. Um, the person, um, this is a new story that just popped up. If the person of interest is involuntary committed to a mental facility, they would have precluded him from purchasing a firearms legally. A voluntary commitment, on the other hand, wouldn't necessarily have resulted in a Nick's denial, except for that his threat against the facility 
should have, right? Um, yellow flag requires a medical practitioner to examine the person in question. Um, if a judge endorses the determination, that individual immediately becomes a prohibited person. All firearms are taken into possession. Um, anyway, bearing arms has got to, I'm going to post this up. You can take a look at this. This is a news story, uh, that came up, uh, about, uh, that I just saw. Um, so. Uh, you could take a look at that and see what it is. Was that place in Maine where it happened a gun-free zone? I haven't seen that comment. Uh, I'd have to look. I don't know. Um, did Lewiston shootings take place in a gun-free zone? Um, I don't know. I don't know. I'll have to find out. All right. Um, <clears throat> all right. Let me change my... My timer's buzzing here, telling me that I, I'm running, I'm running out of time, running out of time. Oh, hey, look, we'll do that. We'll do that right there. We'll get this all squared away. Willie Waffles coming up. We're going to do some week. We're going to try and lighten it up a little bit for you folks. Um, just lighten it up. Food for thought. Uh, we have a country, as a country, have some of the worst mass shootings. We're not the only country with firearms owned by the civilian population, but you know what we do have that no one else has? We allow pharmaceutical companies to advertise and lobby the government. Maybe we're on too many mental health drugs. This message paid for by Pfizer and friends. Yeah, that's a question. That's a question as well right there. All right. Um, Denise says, I have family members who do not own a gun. Call me last week asking what to get for home protection. Hopefully you recommended they also get some training. All right, here we go. We got to jump into it. The Michael Duke Show, Common Sense, Liberty-based, free-thinking radio. Let's do this thing. Okay, the weekend is here. You know it. You know it's Fridays when we bring on the waffle, the Willy Waffle. Uh, he's become a noun, the Willy Waffle. Hello, my friend. How are you doing? Well, I'm doing all right, but I thought you were going to start breaking into a little bit of song there. It's like, ooh, 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 you know it's true. <laughs> you know it's the true. The weekend's here. <laughs> I, Millie Vanilli, I ate. I know we're going to talk about that today, but, you know, ooh, ooh. Girl, you know it's true. Willie Waffles here to do it to you. What? I mean, I don't know what to think about it. Uh, all right. So uh, Willie Waffle comes in and gives us the details on the entertainment news, the streams, the movie theater, movies, the whole deal. And we're getting, uh, we're kicking things off. We're getting ready to go. So uh, I guess we'll start talking about, what do I, I mean, blah, 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 blah. Okay. Mission Impossible. That's what, that's what I want to talk yes. about. Dead Reckoning Part 2, because... I mean, that's always a brilliant idea. Let's break up a movie into two parts and see what people think. Uh, Dead Reckoning Part 1 uh, came out, everything else, but now something is happening. What, what's going on? Well, you know, because of this little strike that's been going on, the uh, the production company has decided, Paramount Pictures has decided that they don't have enough time, no matter when the strike ends at this point, to finish making the movie in time for its anticipated June 2024 release. So it has been delayed. Yes. Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning Part 2 
will now be delayed at least until May of 2025. And, you know, while they're at it, since it's going to be kind of a long time since you saw part one, they're going to rename it. Now, it's still going to be part two. They're still going to wrap up the story from part one, but they're just not going to call it part two now. So I guess it's going to be like Mission Impossible 8 something or other i don't know oh man uh now did we remind me that's all the weeks are all a blur at this point did we go over dead reckoning part one i forgot oh yeah because yeah yeah, this came out you know over the summer and yeah it's a a good action movie right it's tom cruise in an action movie you can't go wrong there you know and and you know i i think that you know they, they were making a lot of this concurrently i mean they shot a lot of stuff for part two while they were doing part one just they have a little bit more to go and i I think that's what's uh that's what kind of hurt them you know it it, all the shooting has been delayed i mean you know they 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 don't know when the actors are coming back granted yesterday it looked like there was some positive movement made in the uh, the battle between the actors and the studios the actors have given a little bit on their demands they're hoping the studios will give a little bit on theirs they're going to talk more today we'll see what happens but even then it's going to be so hard just to get things up and running and, and get the sets all set up and get the crew back on site and get the actors all on site. The Paramount just said, we can't make, we can't make that deadline. So they're going to shift things around. We got mission impossible going to, to May, 2025 and uh, a quiet place day one, uh, kind of in the quiet place universe that is going to take the mission impossible slot okay. in in uh, June of 2024 instead of being out around March of 2024 so you know juggling lots of juggling we'll see what oh, happens man. i mean the studios have said if they don't cut a deal like in, within the week the summer movie season is dead wow and and yeah. remind me for dead reckoning part 1 did they leave it on a cliffhanger because i mean yeah kind of i mean they they cut let's just say they set up part 2 fairly well Okay, so and, there is some we, conclusion. Yeah. There is some wrap-up to part one. Yeah. I guess that's just one of those things where I'm like, man, I'm not going to want to watch a movie if I've got to wait two years for the – I had a hard enough time with The Lord of the Rings, you know, and I even I knew the right. story, you know, and it was like i got to wait yep. two years for the next part to come out. So when they go to this whole thing where they're going to make another part, and I just like, I want to kill you all. Um, right. Anyway. You know, and, and this was this was one of those traditional we have a resolution – but we've put this big old matzo ball right out there for you, yeah. wondering what's going to happen next. So you right. come in for the next movie. <laughs> well, speaking of action movies uh, and, uh, you know, milking every channel of every type of thing that you could possibly get, it's now happening to The Hunger Games. It was a book. It was a movie. Now it's going to be a musical. I don't know. What is it going to be? What's going on? Jazz hands, people. Jazz That's right. Hands. It's going to be <laughs> it's going to be The Hunger Games. Heading to the stage, like you said, a book, a movie. Now they're going to do a stage production in London sometime in 2024. And their hope is that this will do very, very well. And it'll come to America and hit Broadway. And then it'll start touring around the world. And uh, it'll make even more gazillion gobs of money than they already have. And yeah, they're going to start right from the beginning. This is going to be from kind of the the, the start of, of the whole series. Where, you know, Katniss Everdeen has volunteered as tribute. She's going to take her sister's place in the Hunger Games. And then we'll all watch it play out on stage. Right. And, you know, we don't have any word about who's going to star in it. 
We don't know exactly when in 2024 it's going to come out. Sometime, so maybe right? Soon, Some, yeah. yeah. <laughs> soon, TM. I mean, you know, trademark. I mean, soon, TM. I mean, right. you know. And and I think part of it is I think they're biding a little bit of time because you're going to have the the prequel uh, Hunger Games movie coming out around Thanksgiving. Right. The, the Ballad of Songbirds and Snakes. And I, if hey, listen, if I was a producer, before I sunk a ton of money into the stage production, I kind of want to see if there's still a hunger for the Hunger Games. Right. I want to kind of see what kind of box office are they going to get in at Thanksgiving? Is it going to be like Avatar? Or is it going to be like some other things that haven't rebooted very well? Yeah, well, that's a, that's a good question. And, and like you said, is there still a demand for that, I mean, they want to milk it for everything they can get. Doing the same thing with Harry Potter and everything else. And again, yeah. great books. I read uh, all the Hunger Game books. I read all the Harry Potter books. I did all that. I did it with my kids. We were all listening and reading and doing. So they were great books. But at some point, I'm like, is there something new, please? And uh, maybe people are, uh, maybe people are done with it. I don't know. Yeah. I I'm worried. Although I'm still, you know, I'm still the idiot who thought Avatar was going to flop. So you know, what do I know? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, you're talking about the James Cameron Avatar versus the M Night Shyamalan Avatar, The Last Airbender. Oh right? yeah, yeah, the M Night one, boy, yeah, oh, that was not. Oh, that was so. Yeah, that so certainly was. So yeah, that totally was the last Airbender. That was yeah. the last Airbender for sure. <laughs> um, all right, well, you know, Britney Spears. Not that we really care about her, but she did put out a she put out her autobiography, and everybody's pouring through it to find out all the juicy details of her weird life and everything else. Probably the weirdest thing is is that Britney auditioned for the film. The Notebook, which is a classic, you know, kind of love story thing. And 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 she says this, and then it was confirmed. What? I mean, what's going on? She actually auditioned right. and almost had the part? She almost got the lead. So, yeah. So so when The Notebook was, was being made, they did a, a massive, just, you know, nationwide, worldwide search for their stars and they and they got Ryan Gosling and 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 all sorts of of up and coming actresses at the time auditioned for the Rachel Adams part. I mean, you know, you you had you had Jessica Biel and Claire Danes, Mandy Moore, Amy Adams, Scarlett Johansson. I mean, you had the creme de la creme of acting who all wanted that role. And you know, there was a, a thought among the the producers that you know Ryan Gosling might be a really good actor, but nobody knows who he is. And there's this songstress that everybody knows and is is the hottest thing going right now, Britney Spears. And and she kind of wants to get into acting. She made that Crossroads movie and she said, I want to audition. And so she went and met with the producers, Ryan Gosling, did some lines for her off camera. And the video is now out there on the Internet because the <laughs> casting director uh, this Matthew Barry had held on to it for years. And because it, here's the thing. So he held on to it for years because she's not that bad. She's good. Yeah. I mean, she literally, she's actually pretty good. It actually came down to neck and neck between her and, uh, uh Rachel Adams. Right. I mean, it was, uh, yeah. Rachel, Rachel McAdams. Yeah. Rachel, yeah, Rachel McAdams. McAdams right. Yeah. All these people, yeah, yeah. all these people went through and in the end, she and the other gal were the top two. I mean, that actually shows yeah. some chops when you're talking about Claire Dane and Jessica Beale and Scarlett Johansson. I mean, these are some people, you know. 
Interesting yeah, story. Massive, massive stars. Yeah. yeah. Oh, great story. I mean, you know, I thought to me that was the most shocking story in the book. I mean, forget about who slept with who and who cheated on who. Oh, she was almost the star of the notebook. Yeah, <laughs> Imagine how different her life would have been if she went into acting and got away from music. Oh man. Well, I think yeah. she would have had to get away from her dad and all. I mean, it's a whole thing. I don't know. Oh yeah. And she would have had too much time on her hands as an actress. Let me tell you, probably there's a lot of downtime and there's a lot of time to get in trouble. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Well, let's move on to the movies. Cause we only got about four and a half minutes here. Okay. Uh, uh, I know I want to talk about five nights and I know I want to talk about Emily Blunt. We've got Millie Vanilli and freelance. Tell me what we got here. Well, I, I got to tell you about Millie Vanilli. So this is the documentary that's on Paramount Plus starting right. this week. And it is told by Fabrice Morvan. I'm still not sure if he's Millie or Vanilli, but he was one of them. One of them, right. And, you know, he, yep. and he's telling the story of how, you know, they came from nothing. I mean, they really were, you know, down and out kids who just kind of, you know, busted their tails and made something of themselves and got a big break. I mean, you got to give them some credit for that. But, you know, it also gets into the scandal, the fact that they weren't really singing. And and I think it provides an interesting angle that, yes, they, they knew what they were doing was wrong and they were benefiting from it. But you know what? There were a lot of whole other people that were benefiting oh, from it that knew yeah. the secret. Yeah. And, and, you know, they they all ran and let these two hold the bag when it came out. Yeah, it wasn't like these two guys were fooling anybody behind the scenes because they had to have a lot of help to get it done. I always thought, boy, it was really tough that these two guys were left holding the bag because they were fairly up and they were newbies, you know. And so all the behind yeah. the scenes people just let them take the shaft. And I was like, OK, that's good. All right. Well, negative. Yeah, and they didn't get the money. And they didn't get the cash, not yeah. like these other people did. Yeah. And here's the funny thing. I'll tell you really, really quick. The producer who did this with Millie Vanilli did it with another act years earlier. And I didn't know that until I saw the documentary, which, by the way, gets three waffles. Wow. Okay. All right. Yeah. I'm, I'm interested. I'm interested. Um, freelance, John Cena. Uh, John Cena, the the retired, you know, the, the WWE guy uh, who can yep. act sometimes, but sometimes it's, you know, he's hysterical. He was hysterical as the peacemaker on... Uh, Yes. The James Gunn thing. Anyway, uh, give it to me here for freelance. Yeah, you know, a, a movie that's trying to take advantage of his comic action hero kind of uh, role that he's so good at. And and a movie that kind of came out of nowhere and is going to go away just as fast. So, you know, he, he plays this like retired special forces guy. He decides he's going to take a freelance job. Should be easy. Providing a little security for this journalist played by Alison Bree uh, when she goes to this uh, third world country to interview their dictator. And while they're there, a coup breaks out. And now they've got to run through the jungle to try to escape. <laughs> and, you know, it's it, it's not as funny as it needs to be. It, it doesn't have as much action as it needs to have. It really is kind of a flat movie that, that benefits from the fact that these two are a lot better than the script. I'm going one and a half waffles for freelance. Oh, ow. Okay. Uh, Emily Blunt. I love me some Emily Blunt. Uh, yeah. Single mom. She becomes a pharma selling rep. She's selling opioids. It's called Pain Hustlers on Netflix. Yeah, another movie that I think she's probably better than the material. Not that this movie's as bad as Freelance. Oh dear Lord, it is not. Uh, you know, and and it really kind of gets captured. It kind of gets caught up in this idea that she's the underdog. She, you know, she, life has been against her. She needs a break. She finally catches a break. She's making tons of money. She's taking care of her family, but she starts to get a conscious as she sees that the company's goals are changing, how they're trying to achieve their profits are changing, and maybe she's not all that happy with it. I'm at about two and a half waffles here. I think when it gets serious, it loses a little bit. I don't think it it, it 
kind of laid out that emotional base that we needed to to hit the heights that they needed to hit for this movie to be a real real success plus i don't know how much more of this story you could tell pharma bad yeah, you know pharma lot. bad yeah. opioids blah 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 but we know a lot of this too has to do with government regs and there's a lot of other stories in there i just i don't know how much many many more of these stories we need all right finally well, and a little bit like millie vanilli everybody was happy with making a ton of money uh-huh uh, yeah <laughs> until and, it went bad yeah and then the bad <laughs> Bad guys are always the bad guys you point out. All right, finally, my kids are wondering, the, you know, it's all the thing, Five Nights at Freddy's. This is based on a video game that is hugely popular. Uh, Josh Hutcherson, give it to me. Yeah, they're trying to add a lot of story here to try to make it into a movie. And, um, boy, there's just a lot going on here. I mean, granted, I like things to get a little bit more complicated, but this is kind of just throwing spaghetti at the wall and seeing what's going to stick. So, yeah. He, he's this uh, he's this night guard uh, who's down on his luck. He takes this job where he has to, you know, he has to provide security for basically a Chuck E. Cheese that's gone out of business. And after midnight, it gets kind of creepy. And we find out that all these animatronic uh, toys inside kind of come to life. And, uh, you know, there's a whole thing about how he's fighting to keep his kid. and He's haunted by something that happened in the past. And, you know, oh, he's got a whole thing with, like, his evil aunt who's trying to stay. It, it, it just weighs itself down so much right, right. that we forget that we need it to be scary. We need it to be more interesting that way. I don't think it's scary enough. I'm at, like, one waffle. Oh, it's too bad because the video game is spooky. I mean, it's not like gory or anything, but the jump scare, that that game is like the king of the jump scare. And uh, even I would watch it with my kids and I would jump out of the couch sometimes watching it. It's pretty, pretty amazing. All right. Well, that'll do it for this week, folks. We're out of time. Monday, we're going to have Sarah Montalbano on to talk about education. We will see you then. Have a great uh, weekend. It's disappointing. I mean, I was wondering how they were going to turn it into a movie because the premise is pretty simple. You know, you're a night guard in a in a, a, a Chuck E. Cheese wannabe, but the characters are not quite what they seem. Uh, they never quite tell you what it is, you know, whether it's possession or evil demonic toys or who, whatever it is. But, man, it's, it's broody and dark and scary and jump scare, and it's... It's, it's, I mean, my kids love to watch it just and, and play it just because it was kind of, you know, you love to be scared kind of thing. But I'm like, how do you make a whole movie out of that? Um, I suppose they could have just stayed with the main premise and worked through that and just made the whole movie basically a jump scare one after the other. But I, I don't know. It's a tough, it's a tough situation. It really is. And, and you know, that that's the thing that I think it really does lack. Like you said, it just lacks those scary moments. It lacks, it lacks those moments that really shock me. And, uh, you know, I, I, I like something that's creepy and they build up to it, but I don't think they really build up to it very well here. Uh, you know, there's some people that will wish that it was much more gory than it is. You know, it has a PG-13 rating because they're trying to appeal to a bigger, broader base of people. Uh, you know, now we're seeing why it's going into theaters and it's going to be on Peacock uh, streaming service uh, the same day today. 
uh, because you know that they're going to try to cash in fast before people kind of get the word. Right, that it's <laughs> so, not very good you know, because there's a huge following for yeah. this thing, and people are wanting to see it. There's a huge following for for Five Nights at Freddy's. The whole it's a franchise of video games. There's yeah. like four or five video games, so it's got a huge baked in following. They're just trying to capitalize on it, but people figure out that it sucks. I mean, that's it. Yeah, I think that's what's going to end up happening. You know, it was, it's like those old days, you know, we would watch the box office and we'd see like a really good Friday night and then Saturday it would go down a little bit and then Sunday it would go down further and they're like, oh yeah, the word got out. Everybody told their friends, don't rush out to see this one. Yeah, yeah. And I think that's what's going to happen to Friday. Yeah, well, we'll have to see. I will say that it reminds me, I can't remember what it was called now, the Nicolas Cage one where it was a similar kind of premise, only he doesn't speak the entire movie. I mean, I don't think he speaks yeah, a single. Isn't that like what, like Land or something? Yeah, like Willie's like Wonderland yeah. or something. Willie's Wonderland, yeah. yeah, which which was wild and crazy and outrageous. That's what this movie needs more. Yeah, of. no, and it was amazing <laughs> because I mean, he's the main protagonist in this whole movie. I'm talking about, uh, I'm talking about. Uh, uh, Nicholas Cage. Nicholas Cage. I'm sorry, I just had a senior moment there. <laughs> but Nicholas Cage, and he doesn't say a single word the entire movie. I mean, and yet you had tense, you had intensity, you had a story, you knew what was going on. I mean, it was, it's too bad. It is uh, just too bad that they couldn't uh, get this. My kids are going to be disappointed, but I guess that's, I guess that's what happens. All right. What's next week, Willie? Next week, it'll be the Priscilla Presley story, Priscilla. Is there anything else, Willie, that's something that I could actually care about? I'm going to try to find something else. I will try to oh find something God. else. <laughs> something else. I got to tell you, I've been watching The Fall of the House of Usher. We will finish it probably yes. tonight. And uh, I got to say, I got to your lemon thing that you were talking about, and that totally, my mind was blown <laughs> after that. That movie is just, or that series is just mind-bending. Oh, it's Absolutely great. mind-bending. It's I read this week, this made my heart sing. The next Flanagan work is going to also star Karen Gillan. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. This well, is going to be great. And he's doing work He's doing work now for Prime next, right? He's not with Netflix now. He's doing a work for Prime, and it's a... Hey, he's got to make all the money he can. Yeah, uh, <laughs> there's some good stuff coming. Um, I'm interested to see what happens. But if you want a good, spooky, scary, freaky, mm-hmm. mind-bending movie or mind-bending series, I guess I should say, eight episodes, Follow the House of Usher, definitely some interesting stuff. All right. Willie Waffle, thank you, my friends. Good to talk with you. We will see you later. All right. See you later. Folks, we will see you on Monday. Have a great weekend. If you're in Anchorage, come on out to the Dome tomorrow kickoff for the Shriner Classic football game is at 1 p.m. I'll be out there. We'll say hi. Do it. Come out and support the Shriners kids. All right. We're uh, out of time. We'll see you then. Have a great weekend.
shed our terrestrial radio skin. And now we are slimy lizard internet people. It's the Michael Duke Show.